way, but it's Panama Canal who's thinks to the front and leads over Ferdinand Boy. Idolise goes wide field, Boston Gardens, Ferdinand Boy. Ferdinand Boy has got there and beaten Panama Canal. That was the amazing clash of Panama Canal being ran down by Ferdinand Boy, one of the memorable clashes thus far throughout the Pink Diamond series as we head to the grand final night for the Pink Diamond at Ballarat Friday the 17th of June. Welcome to the Green Light on Premier Racing podcast. We're heading to the country once again for the Pink Diamond Grand Finals. This time, 12 races, all group-listed events, does not get any bigger and better than this. In the heart of the goldfields down there at Ballarat, and speaking of goldfields, well, my co-host, I thought I need somebody who can put the miner's hat on, send us down the shaft of plenty of winners, the mine shaft of plenty of winners, and I thought of Troy Harley, who's been good enough to join us on the podcast. Troy, welcome aboard. How are you, mate? You're not supposed to tell lies at the top of the show. Come on. Oh, mate, I thought if we're going to put the miners' hat on, it's going to be you who is going to, is going to lead the way down the mine of, uh, of winners, that's for sure. But this Pink Diamond series, you played a, a pretty big part in it last year, obviously, uh, being a part of the, the Bendigo Club when they held that inaugural Pink Diamond. But it's so good. And uh, look, there's just this push now, to, I think, to, to set Greyhounds for these particular races. And it's that good. I'd almost love to see two Pink Diamonds a year. It's outstanding. It was uh, an absolute privilege to be uh, to be involved as the host of the first year, and obviously uh, still be involved. A little bit of promotion and and whatnot of the second year as well, and hopefully a little bit further moving forward. But the Pink Diamond concept, uh, you know, not just the races, but also the rewarding and the recognition of the breeders that that keep the industry going. And uh, you know, it's, a, it's a wonderful attribution to to have those breeders being rewarded and and also recognised. And, and hats off to Grand Racing Victoria for coming up with the concept. Obviously, sharing it amongst the, the five venues between the three weeks is also a big bonus, and uh, the clubs get excited about having that. And obviously, the finals rotate from, from year to year. And uh, Bendigo, unfortunately, uh, hit by COVID last year, but it was still a, a wonderful night's racing. Looking back at the results, it's uh, it's probably the, the best night's racing I've been involved in from a grand uh, aspect in my in my 30 years uh, of career mm. in terms of what came out of that uh, that race meeting. And no doubt that this Friday night at Ballarat, after the last couple of weeks of mm. each in these 12 series, will certainly be exactly the same. We'll touch on what came out of the Pink Diamond round one last year. Um, but this year, what what one thing I've really loved about the Pink Diamond is what you said a moment ago. There's different regional tracks involved. Um, we get to see these runners in succession week after week in the lead-up. So if you're just a day-to-day punter, you can sit there and go, well, Dewana Fernando, he's had two starts. I've watched them both. I know this dog inside out. He's drawn the red now in the maiden sprinter final. So I think having a series like this, it, it creates the heroes a little bit more in the sport. And I think from, the, from a day-to-day punter's perspective, it's easier to follow them through the series as they're all going to each and, and you know, every track to, to prepare for this grand final night. And having them on those two days, the Thursdays and Fridays of, of the last couple of weeks, it was just easy to sit down and watch them. The meetings were changed to make sure they coincide. It was easy to follow the form. And as you say, uh, now to, to take the, that form to Ballarat this Friday night, it's certainly been uh, been encouraging to watch. And, and and you get dogs that you've, you've never heard of, like these, these maids in particular, that your jelly bean Jojos. They're stuck in uh, the, the brains of people now with their impressive performances at Ship in the last couple of weeks. And uh, King Cunningtons, et cetera, that are going into these series as undefeated and uh, you know the rankings races as well I mean we, we touched on last year a ground like Kalinda Paddy can win a 275 plus ranking pink diamond final and then go on to do what she's done the last 12 months and uh, will be very hard to beat the champion stayer it uh, just shows what uh, what these grounds at all levels are worth following green light on the premier racing quiz time <laughs> I'm not sure if you've heard of that one before, Troy, but that's uh, a new segment, the Green Light on Premier Racing Quiz. 
Um, I haven't warned you about this. I like to keep it sort of out there and, and then throw it on the uh, the co-host when it when it gets to that time, mate. But you're you're playing the green light on Premier Racing Quiz. Um, it's UVU at the moment. Um, the audience can play along at home. So all I ask of you, Troy, is just to say a buzzer, which is your name, Troy, and give it a couple of moments just to let the, the listeners at home have a play. Are you happy to have a crack at the green light on quiz? We'll, we'll have a crack. We'll just throw it out there. This is the day after a long weekend, so the, the brain might be a little bit uh, a little bit stale. Well, mate, I haven't had a lot of time to prepare, so it's a fairly simple quiz, and it's based on what we saw uh, last year, obviously. We're touching on some of the big names to come through that, uh, that Pink Diamond series. Now, I've got three questions. They're all basically the same based around the Pink Diamond. Now, don't open up the computer and scroll to last year's results. It has to be true, all right? Let's go. Question number one. Now, there were so many big winners last year throughout Pink Diamond Grand Final Night, but this may well have been the biggest. Who won the Rookie Sprinter? Rookie Sprinter was Kablenz. You forgot your buzzer, but I'll give you the... Sorry, Troy. <laughs> <laughs> That's also a stinger. I, I, I don't think our uh, co-hosts really appreciate how good this uh, clapping stinger is. But, yes, it was Kablenz. He went on to win a Melbourne Cup. Now, the Rookie Distance. Who was the Rookie Distance star last year? Question two. Troy? Yes, Troy. Mapunga Ruby. Mapunga Ruby. Do you like the clapping? That's <laughs> solid. Uh, question three I'm having now. Question number three. Who won the short course sprinter? Short course sprinter. Um, short course sprinter. I might have him stumped here. Short course, do you need to help on uh, what race it was? Pink Diamond sh- Champion Short Course Final, $75,000 to the winner. Race five. Yep. Over the 425. The listeners at home are screaming, pick me, pick me. I think I would know, wouldn't you? I'll give you a hint. A very, very good litter owned by a person in Gippsland. The best litter he's ever had. Very good litter owned by a person in Gippsland. Trained by Jason Thompson. I'm not sure if we've lost internet to you, Troy, or have you just given up? Uh, no, 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 I have to pass that one. Have to pass. It was Aussie Secret. Aussie Secret from Aussie box secret. number one. Correct. $75,000 to the winner. Well, congratulations, Troy, as Meatloaf once said. And this seems to be the most common uh, result on my quiz. Two out of three ain't bad. So don't be sad. I'll take that. I'll take it every time. <laughs> don't be sad, Troy, because two out of three, it ain't bad. So it's now preview time for the Pink Diamond Grand Final Night of Racing here at Ballarat. 12 on the program, Troy. So we want a winner from every single race. Uh, we're then going to go on to do a best bet and also our punters club after that. Race number one, let's kick off 6.57pm, outstanding night of racing. You already spoke about a greyhound who could just about be anything. Jelly Bean Jojo, two starts, both at Shepherd and just explosive early speed. She's clearly on top for me. Yeah, same here, mate. Uh, just shanghai out of the start both times. Uh, I know those longer sections can sometimes be a little bit false in terms of the speed, but if you watch the first five metres, uh, Jelly Bean Jojo came out two in front both times, 807, 802. 2172, 2162. The box shouldn't matter. I think currently $2.50 in the early market. Jay Lee being Jojo on top for me from King Cunnington. Um, obviously, the, 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 
the track and the weather in particular was very different between the heat and final at Warrigal. Look, King Cunnington's run was quite good um, in both heat and final at Warrigal as well. Commander Tommy's going to be a ground that's certainly be uh, much better suited over a lot more ground. It's been, it was a huge run last start. It's uh, my third pick. And Cardigan Girl, another one that will uh, be making up ground late for four. So five, two, six, and seven. Well, I'll let you go that, Tom Troy. But on this podcast, mate, it's all about just tipping the winner. We don't need third, fourth, you know, and all good. that rubbish. Just uh, just Easy. winner after winner, mate. Race number two, the mate and sprinter final. This is a terrific race. Uh, I'm with number three, Triumph, one of a a team of three for Jason Thompson in the race. I just think drawn okay. Uh, the the two probably has the speed to go through. The red can be a little bit hit or miss. And if Triumph can just slot into the rail uh, ahead of Kalinda Chips, who misses the kick and rails, I, I think Triumph's going to be really, really hard to beat here. Yeah, I was talking between one and three, and I went with Duana Fernando just purely because of the box draw. I think uh, both those grounds both missed the kick and were clear last away um, in their semi-finals at Geelong and Shepparton respectively. But just because of the uh, the draw, I've gone for number one, Duana Fernando. The Pink Diamond Princess Final Group listed race number three, twenty-five k to the winner. I'm going for a minor upset here. Um, I'm tipping number four, Simba's Girl. I just I'm taken by the turn of pace of this Greyhound. Obviously, Aston Community is clearly the Greyhound to beat. Stick around because we are going to chat with Ian Garland as well, as we uh, we mentioned. So I'm going to go with Simba's girl, but I think Aston Community is clearly the dog to beat here. Yeah, I've gone with Aston Community. Just think uh, the form, the way it's been the last couple of weeks, obviously uh, the last four runs. Three very impressive wins at, uh, at Warrigal. Absolutely flew out of the boxes last week and led six at the first turn. Mm. I think if she repeats that, she is certainly the one to beat. But interesting with this Princess format, you've got grounds of about 80-odd starts right down to Simba's Girl that's had seven. It's mm. just experience spread. These four certainly makes it anything. But I'm with the informed Aston community. Race four, the rookie distance final. Well, we all know what the the rookie distance final produced last year. Um, I'm not certain there's a Mapunga Ruby in there this year, although maybe a Rothwell Alzinga can go through and, and really go to that next level. I'm tipping number three, Aston Pablo, with zero confidence. He's been very... I'm not sure how to put it. He, he should have won at least his last two or three, and he's just been a bit uh, a bit green at, at important times. But I'm going to stick with him. I think he's the best dog in the race. I think you'll you'll get an each way run um, on Aston Pablo number three. And I'm with Aston Pablo as well. Um, the two dollars twenty five in the early market scares me a fraction mm. in terms of value. I think it's absolutely zero, but. I think the race will be run to suit. Naston Pablo can get there as late as possible and win the Pink Diamond Rookie Distance Final. The fifth race, League One of the Quaddy, one of the, the real speed machines. And we're going to have a chat to uh, to John Martin on the show as well a little bit later on. He's the owner of Keppel, uh, just a, a greyhound who, if you had have said a few years ago, was going to be a 390-metre dog, you'd probably say, well, you're never going to win a race like this. But now... He's the hot favourite, effectively, $75,000 to the winner in a 390-metre group-listed race. I think you have to pinch yourself when you talk about that. But he's got the opposition of Silver Brute, who I think is the quickest greyhound in the country for the first 200 metres. So Keppel's going to have to begin, sit on the outside, handle that heat mid-race, but I think he's going to be too good. Funny you say, but the first 200 metres, mate, uh, Keppel's got an 808, an 8.19 splits at... Uh, at Ballarat and Silver Brute's got an 816, 817, 832. So you take the 808, Keppel's actually got mm. the jump. But if you go back two runs back, the 632 at, uh, at Bendigo, I think Silver Brute will be off and gone in the one to beat. You reckon Silver Brute can beat Keppel? I think Silver Brute can lead Keppel and beat Keppel. 
There you go. That's going to be interesting. That's almost the mouth-watering clash of the night, I think. And Keppel, well, he can miss it a length or two time to time. That is the knock on him, but he accelerates like a train, and I think he'll be up outside pouring the pressure on. Race number six, the Pink Diamond Champion Distance Final. I'm with Kalinda Paddy, but I've been taken by a few. Aston Jonas, we're going to chat with Ian about uh, this runner in a moment as well. Aston Velvet, who's just gone to another level of late and, and was really gutsy last start. I think they're the dangers, but... I'm going to go with Patty, as you said. She won a, a pink diamond ranking race last year. It's hard to believe. And, and now she's backing up in the distance the year later. But I'm all 12 months. There's no question about that. And uh, obviously also won the Group 3 Speed Star, um, contested a Rookie Rebel final as well uh, earlier this year. But I've gone with Aston Jonas. I just think uh, the current form is faultless. The speed out of the boxes at Bendigo last week uh, at a similar uh, positioning of the boxes was terrific. 4.14, 14.81 to the back and 23.95 to the top. That's the equivalent of about a 23.60 run over the 4.25. And I think if Aston Jonas can do that on the bunny, Aston Jonas is going to be the one to beat um, and currently at a $5 chance. But it's, it's a race of four or five chances. Um, yeah, we don't, I don't tip miners, but obviously Clinda Paddy, Aston Velvet, and even Golden Quest for box number eight has certainly got a chance. But I'm with Aston Jonas. That's why we get you on, mate, with the miners hat in the gold fields because you don't miss a thing, <laughs> that is for sure. Race number seven, let's power through the last half of the meeting. I'm with Zara's Ivan here in the, the rookie sprinter final, but it's a very, very deep race. One of the, the deeper races of the night, if that's a possibility. Well, a rookie sprinter, and yet Zara's Ivan are in fourth and a golden Easter egg. Mm. Uh, not a bad rookie's race. Red Reactor going terrific. Firehose obviously started off terrific in uh, the Gold Rush series, and Aston Lear as well, um, running fourth in that Group 3 Maiden series at the Meadows. But uh, and Jungle Panther, obviously, also in fine form. But I'm with Zara's Ivan, mate. I think, uh, I think it's the class runner and is the speed to lead and win. Pink Diamond Champion Sprinter Final is race 8, 9.28pm. And, and this is an amazing race because you've got Ferdinand Boy in box 1. There's nothing Ferdinand Boy can't do. You've then got Ruffiano, who's a bit of a rising star. El Cazador, who caused the upset last week. Panama Canel, who, who was in that amazing head-to-head race with Ferdinand Boy at Shepparton last week. And then you've got the likes of Revolution, who's had a long time on the sidelines, but just starting to get back to what he can do. Um, I'm going to go with number 1, Ferdinand Boy. I thought the lead-up of Panama Canal was perfect, has dominated these Road to the Diamond races. But one thing I did notice, Troy, was down nearly a kilo in weight last start. And on the home corner, I thought he was home. Put put the, the paw to the floor, went past Ferdinand Boy, and maybe just didn't finish it off as well. So whether or not there was something not right there or he just didn't handle the, the travel to Shep, I'm not too sure. But it was strange to see a, a one kilo drop in weight on a dog that had been pretty sound weight-wise at about 32.5 for memory. Two 450s in, uh, in the space of seven days that, that the dog hadn't sort of done in the past. But I'm with you, I just think Ferdinand Boy, I think uh, I think you talk about the, the, the short course being a mouth-whoring class. This is the same. Um, mm. I think Panama Canal was a little bit stiff at Shepparton in terms of having to move, move up three deep and got a little bit hampered. But the race is probably boxed to have the same thing happen with the likes of Gypsy Yankee and Ruffiano and Revolution. Going to make Panama Canal work. And I just think Ferdinand Boy from box number one, he is the one to beat yet again, as he always is. Race number nine, I'm with Plantev. Went to another level last time out at uh, Shepherd and absolutely smashed a really good field. And you know, Troy, they're flying when good dogs are looking ordinary behind. Absolutely. Um, and that's what they did and broke eight seconds of the mark, had that little freshen up after the Wentworth Park campaign. I think Plaintiff uh, looks to win it despite during box five. Race 10, Pink Diamonds veteran event. Now, great to see the veterans going around with 25000 up for grabs. I'm tipping lots of chatter to beat Fernando Bluey here. I, I haven't been really impressed with Fernando Bluey's last two or three, even though he's been winning, but you go against him at his own peril because we know what Fernando Bluey can do. But if lots of chatter can tag him across early, I think he can run him down. 
I've actually gone for a bit of a knockout here in Benchester. Um, 28 yep. starts from boxes, one and two, won 17 of those. He's absolutely flying. I think lots of Chatter and Fernando Bluey could uh, quite possibly run each other into the ground a little bit and give Ben Chester a nice little cushion. And I've gone for him at uh, potentially double-figure odds in race 10. Karen Pitt trained the winner of the Ballarat Cup compliance. She probably never would have thought she'd be taking loneliness down to uh, to Ballarat chasing half the prize money as the Ballarat Cup. But that is effectively the case here in the Challenger Sprinter Final. And look, I was a touch disappointed last time at Warrigal because he began beautifully into a lovely place, thought it was all over. Um but I just think we'll take a little bit of uh, improvement, a little bit of fitness from that run. And uh, from box number three, I think it's going to get into a nice place and, and we'll be there for a very, very long way. So I'm going to go with race 11, number three, Loneliness. This is, uh, I reckon this is almost a half a second easier run at Ballarat than, than Warrigal. That 460 mm. at Warrigal is a genuine 500. And that's why my mate Lucas probably proved too strong. But I think Loneliness uh, will potentially lead and Loneliness leads. It'll win, I reckon. Race 12, the Challenger short course final to round it out. 10.59, it's going to be a long, big night, but it's going to be exciting with every race being a feature. Uh, it doesn't get any better than this. Race 12, I'm with Shanks. clearly, clearly the class greyhound in this one. I'm with you, mate. Shanks will be winning the last. Best bet of the night, mate. Have you got one? I'm going to go on the first, race one, number five, Jelly Bean Jojo in the maiden final. I tell you what, I almost agree. I think very, very close to best bet. Were well, you saying they're betting about $2.20 at the moment, $2.50? Uh, $2.50 at the moment, yep. Gee, it's a good price. I, I've got the form guide. Because we got to the form so early this week, Troy, which is, is very rare for me to get to it this early, um, I, I have done the form without any prices at all in here, and I would have marked Jelly Bean Jojo under even money. However... I'm going to make my best bet of the night, race five, number three, Keppel. I think just sits outside of the speed and runs you down and gives you a little clip on the way past. <laughs> <laughs> we might have to take a quick there. I think Keppel's currently $2.30 and Silver were at three thirty, so they're going to dominate that race. And I mean, just don't forget either that, uh, that Aston Profit's there as well. Hunters, punting club. Punters Punning Club, Troyza. It's the Punners Club, mate. You've got $50 to spend. You can spend it just about any way, as long as it's not too hard for me to put into a spreadsheet. Uh, I'm going to keep it simple. I'm just going to go 50 on the nose of Keppel, my best bet. Um, it, actually, I'll switch and swap. I'll have 40 on Keppel on the nose, and I'll do a $10 multi, Jelly Bean Jojo and Keppel both to win as well. How are you playing? Well, I'm going to go 20 on Jelly Bean Jojo to kick off the night. Uh, then I'm going to have a $20 Quinella, Ferdinand Boy and Panama Canal and a $10 bet on the value of Ben Chester. I knew you'd work me hard, Troy. We normally have a limit of two, mate, but I'll let you have three. Enjoy the night. It's going to be a rip of the pink diamond, and make sure you get me one of those vests, all right? Should be outstanding. Very good. (laughs) Inside Info. Well, it is now Inside Info time ahead of the Pink Diamond Night of Greyhound Racing. Big news on Inside Info. We're going to have three special guests. Up first, Elise Knott, followed by Ian Garland, and then the owner of Keppel, John Martin, will join us a little bit later on. But as I said, Elise Knott is up first. And if you don't know Elise, well, you've probably heard of Chris Waller. These multiple stable setups with one in Melbourne, one in Sydney. That's pretty much the go with Elise Knott. She's got one at Mount Camel. One in uh, in the heart of Melbourne at Carnegie, and she's on the line. Elise, how are you? I'm good, James. How are you? I'm good. Was that a good build-up, do you think, a good intro? It was, yeah. Yeah, you got me all sorted. <laughs> Family involvement. You're all involved. Obviously, Cam, your brother, up at uh, Mount Camel, the, the place up near Heathcote, and then you've got uh, yourself, your dad with a set-up down in Melbourne. You must just absolutely love greyhound racing. 
I do. Yeah. Been in it since I was really young and always had greyhounds around. So yeah, like you said, big family involvement. And you've got a very, very special greyhound who I believe is now retired at home. Can you tell us a little bit about him? Yeah, that's my boy Norman. Um, he was <laughs> he was racing. Uh, his special Shiraz was his race name, and he got close to forty thousand in prize money. Um, but yeah, due to injuries, we retired him early, and he's just at home now. He's my best mate on the couch, and he sleeps next to me every night as well. And uh, you went not just to the level of having him as a pet. You uh, you effectively went and got ear branded. Can you <laughs> tell us a little bit about that as well? <laughs> I did, yeah. No, he's he's been really special. He was, you know, the first dog that I really played a role in in training with him. Um, and yeah, I, I got a his ear brand tattooed on my wrist, so we're matching. Um, so yeah, that's really special. It is a special tattoo. It's the the best tattoo I've seen in greyhound racing. Let's turn our attention to uh, this pink diamond final because you guys have got a runner. Uh, denominator going around in the Pink Diamond Maiden short course final. You must just be pinching yourself. This young pup, he, he'd had a couple of goes at Maidens, couldn't quite break through. And then on the, the big dance, I guess you could say, in the semi-final of the Pink Diamond, he, he delivers the goods and finds himself in the final. You must be so excited. Yeah, we are just so thrilled. We really were not expecting it at all. Um, although he is quite an honest dog, there was a lot of speed in both the heat and semi-finals so yeah we just um it was a dream run for him it was exactly what needed to happen for him to win the race and yeah we can't believe it so it's a huge thrill for us is the whole family getting up to ballarat on friday night um well dad i mean he's not really he doesn't come to the races that often but he's already booked the uh <laughs> the passenger seat to come up um but mum will be looking after the rest of the dogs for us i'm not sure if cameron will make an appearance um he always jokes that we get the good dogs and he gets the tier three, so he's, he's a little bit short on me. But, um, yeah, he'll probably come across and support for sure. Well, you've got a good little setup that seems to be working, so keep sending Cam the tier three dogs and, and all will be well. But uh, we wish you well to, to on Friday night. I was going to say tomorrow night. We're still a few days away. I am excited, looking forward to, to seeing what plays out. And just as I let you go, Elise, what's what's the dream in greyhound racing for you? What would you love to uh, to aspire to, to get to do and what would you love to, to try and win? Yeah, so at the moment I've I've got the small kennel, so well at home immediately I've got the two race dogs, but obviously a few all over the place with Cam and the big setup there. Um, but yeah, going forward I always want to be involved. I obviously work at Sandown in the office there, so I will always be involved in that way. Um, but yeah, still working part time and and studying during my degree, so I'll always have it as a hobby I think um but yeah just just happy to be involved in any way I can and the Melbourne Cup the race you want to win <laughs> yeah maybe maybe um but I'm just happy to get a tier three winner at the moment start comes my way <laughs> start with the pink diamond Friday night good luck Elise we wish you well that's it thanks so much cheers so there we have it, at least not with Denominator going around in race number one. Let's turn our attention also to a trainer who uh, who sets up just out of uh, the area of Bendigo and Heathgate up there in, in central Victoria, I think we could call it. Ian Garland, he's no stranger to the show. Ian, how are you, mate? Good, thanks, James. Yeah, good. Hey, pumped to have you on because you're playing a big hand in this Pink Diamond uh, series on Friday night. You've got a couple of key players. Just before we chat about those, how good is the Pink Diamond series? Oh, it's fantastic, and, uh, yeah, it's really good for big bred dogs. I don't want to get greedy, but would you love to see two pink diamonds a year? 
Yeah, it'd be fantastic. It would be. I, I think it's really good to see, you know, there's definitely a reward for breeding and training and, and doing everything here in Victoria. No two ways about that. Let's focus on these two runners that you've got going around. We'll start with Aston Kamuni, race three. I've taken her on. Simba's girl has got an absolute crap load of early speed, to be fair, Ian. I know yours yep. has as well. How, how do you see this race playing out? Because I think that the race on paper looks a race in two. Yeah, no, to uh, yeah, she's Kamuni's going to have to begin well, but if she does, I think I think she'll hold Simba's girl out. Um, but if she doesn't, yeah, she's in a whole lot of trouble. So hmm, I'm, I'm confident though that she'll run well. That's what I was hoping for, mate. That you'd say you're confident, and then I might even jump ship and and jump on the Aston Kamuni ship because. We look at her run last start. She went, was it 6.46 to the first peg? And a uh, 6.44, sorry, at Warrigal. They they don't really go any quicker than that, do they? Although she went 42 and 43 during April and May. So she's she's lid-pinging down there, isn't she? Yeah, she's got a bit of an affinity with Warrigal. She's, uh, she tried well there and she's um, raised well there on three occasions. First start at Ballarat. Does that pose any concerns for you? Are you pretty confident there? Oh, no, I sort of went and trolled there after the Warrigal runs, just, you know, thinking that she'd probably be a pretty good chance of making this. So, yeah, she's had two, two looks around Ballarat. And would you say on Inside Info, mate, she's going as well at Ballarat as she does at Warrigal? Is there a affinity with the track? Um, oh, yeah, it's, it's hard to get a gauge at Ballarat because, you know, it was it was heavy both times. But she trolled – she went good both times. So she she's – She's speedy, you know, so mm. if she, yeah, if she, if she hits the lids right, you know, she'll be in front for a long way, but yeah. And but as you say, Simba's girl has got really, really good burn, so she'll have to begin well to hold her out. It's going to be a good race, no doubt about that. Mm. What about the uh, the Pink Diamond Champion distance final? You've got a, a pup who's on the up, and we just had Troy Harley on as the co-host for the first part of the podcast, and... He mentioned the, the the early pace that Aston Jonas showed in his win at Bendigo over the staying trip was probably the equivalent of about a twenty three sixty around Bendigo over the four hundred. That's that's just how impressive that staying win was last time. So you must be pretty happy with the way he's going. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a promising promising dog. That's for sure. He's uh, yeah, he trials really really fast times on his own. Um, he's he's actually a really good beginner, but over the shorter distances, he just can't muster. Whereas you know, stepped up the first time over six fifty, he began well, but there wasn't the pace around him like there have been in you know previous races. And yeah, he was able to show what he's made of. And he he was pretty strong as well. You obviously have the the opinion that he is going to be a stayer down the track as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both had a few handy stayers and. Probably, you know, group three type, you know, just below the real good stays. And this dog's always shown that he's he's quicker and stronger than those dogs over 600. So I'm, I'm hopeful he'll be a very good stayer. Well, it's sounding very, very positive, mate. Uh, is is You'd have to say by the sounds of it that he's, he's worth an each-way play. Even though he's up against Kalinda Patty, there's the pace of Manila Dusk who, who could tag you across at the start as well. And by the sounds of it, he's, he's a very, very good each-way chance. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm confident he'll, he'll run, you know, top two. If, if he gets in, you know, a little bit of luck, and he, I reckon he'll be in the top two. Well, you're on fire, mate. Out of the two, who would be the, the one that you, you're banking on as the, the runner to beat? They're both, look, to be honest, I've tipped them both in the top two, so they're both big players. Which one would you say, if we had to put the pennies on, 
is the yeah. way to go. Ah, uh, Jonas. But yeah, nah, it's a big, big push, mate. Very, very big push. Well, good luck. We wish you well. You're part of the team here on the Green Light on Premier Racing podcast. So go get them on Pink Diamond Grand Final night, mate. Yep. There's also a third runner involved, and I've I've been that excited through the Pink Diamond form. There's so much scribble that I've gone straight over your name with Aston Rena. Race seven. How how do you see her playing in that race? It's such a strong one on paper. Yeah, it's a pretty hot field, and I think she'll probably be outclassed here, but. She, she has the pace to probably be a factor early in the race, but I think whatever happens, you know, there'll be one or two that'll, even if she does lead, they'll get over the top of her probably. Well, you're a good man, Ian, because I reckon I can edit that in that uh, it was me who picked up. There was a third runner, but uh, we all know at home that it was you. So good luck with the three. Good, yeah, good luck with the three going around, mate, in the pink time. And we wish you well. And there's definitely two very, very big players. And, and with a bit of luck, Aston Rena should be thereabouts as well. Yeah, thanks a lot. So the inside info continues on as we take a look now at one of the real feature races on the program on the grand final night of the Pink Diamond. I speak of race five, the Pink Diamond champion short course final, that mouth-watering clash we spoke of earlier. Silver Brute, so much speed, the, the sprinting country king in Keppel. And we've been joined on the line here on the podcast by Johnny Martin, the owner of Keppel and John, you must be pumped this week, mate. Oh, super pumped, mate! It's um, yeah, pretty exciting to be in such a final for such prize money on offer, and the series has just been unreal this year, hasn't it? It's do been you, great. Do you pinch yourself though with the fact that you've got a greyhound like Keppel, who's one of the fastest, let's say, three hundred and ninety, four hundred meter greyhounds in the land? In the past, there's been no big races for a dog who can't run further than 400 metres. So to, to be lining up in a race worth $75,000 to the winner over the sprint distance at Ballarat, it, it's just so exciting for the participants. Uh, you're spot on, James. So to think that you could have a, you know, like a, a handy country dog uh, compete for such prize money is pretty exciting. And not only for myself, but for the co-owners, um, as in uh, Paul Holmes and and Moses and my son Jake, we're all shareholders or shareholders um, as far as the um, syndicate goes. It, it has been good, not only to have a, a dog as such, but to be part of a mateship and be on that same journey as well. It's been pretty good. And your involvement in racing, mate, how, how long have you been involved with uh, with Greyhounds and has there been much success to the, the, the length, I guess, or the, 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 the longs or the lights of Keppel? I've oh, oh, probably been mucking around for well over 30-odd years. Um, but never had a litter as such that we have now. Um, I've been involved at all different levels from a volunteer point. Um, the Shep and Greyhound Club as the president, probably around eight or nine years, and the industry consultative committee from the statewide point. So probably of late I've got more involved into actually concentrating on our own dogs and, and being part of that and, and kind of making sure we do the right thing by the dogs as in the supervision they need and the processes they need. And I guess that's that's what the punters at home are going to be sitting there thinking, well, you know, what, what's been different with this litter compared to the others, I suppose, or is it just that the stars have aligned and, and, and you've got a really good litter with a greyhound by the name of Keppel in it? Oh, uh, no, I've, I think it's about your processes and the good people that you have around us. We've We've always bred the odd litter here and there and had one or two winners. And Jake and myself, my son, we've, you know, we're still trainers. We're just saying there's time. He's a A-grade electrician and I'm a full-time CEO. So what we do spend on the dogs now is very limited. So it's important that we have the likes of uh, Johnny Barber um, as a trainer that conditions the right way. 
um, the likes of Mark Filomena and, and Joe Barbara that, that look after the dogs. So it's the good people around you. It's one thing to have, you know, bred and, and reared and breaking your own dogs such as this litter, but it's to have the good people around you that support you on that journey. And it's been good. The mateship's been really good too. Um, and look, the whole litter, you know, I must say um, Keppel was probably the one of the, the later ones to start, but uh, Gunai Outlaw, Gunai Rebel, they're just as good. They just haven't had as the, the right luck. Um, so the whole litter has been pretty good to, to strike a litter as such. Now, the race itself, as I said, you've got Silver Brute drawn box number two, who I rate as the quickest dog around for two 250 metres. He is just so fast. But your boy Keppel, if not as fast, he's right with him early. But the last hundred, I feel that if Keppel's sitting outside of Silver Brute, he's got the power to run him down. Oh, it's, it's intriguing, isn't it? It's pretty exciting and adds to it. Um, ideally, if we had have drawn the, the red or the pink, would have made it a lot more interesting for us. But, look, he hasn't been getting the start exactly how we'd like him to be doing. But once he does, if he gets off that mat, he does wind up, as you know, and hopefully he, he can match it. Um, we're, we're pretty excited to be in the event, either which way, because Johnny Barber, as I said, has done a fantastic mm. job with him. And the boys, we're making our cross away over to Ballarat with a few seats there the co-owners and that. We're just excited to be in the event. And it's a hot field. I mean, any one dog in that whole field can win. And obviously, we've got the the check right beside us. So it's going to be a very interesting race. It's going to be game on when the lids fly. No two ways about that. But Johnny Barber, one of the best conditioners, I call him the wizard of of Greyhound Racing. He does a a wonderful job. But don't let him know that I've tipped Keppel as the best bet of the night. So there's a little bit of added pressure, John, but keep that to yourself, all right? Yeah, and look, and look. Can I say, you know, while I've got the opportunity, um, it was we, we weren't expecting to have Keppel back in our kennels and Gunai Outlaw, and I've got to put my hat out to Anthony as a party. He, with very short notice, he picked him up, as in got him going again. We had a bit of a stint in Goulburn there, and we we didn't have all the good luck there, but through good conversations, we ended up, you know across to Johnny Barber through through the likes of Mark Filomena and Joe. Um, But I've got a lot to owe to Anthony Azapati for his um, insight into the Greyhound and getting him going, fixing him up, and and, and away we'll go on again. So, like I said, a lot of good people in the industry and the the friendships are are so special. Um, Keppel, if he does get going, I tell you – you won't, we'll lift the roof off at Ballarat, the boys. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> we will lift the roof off. <laughs> I'm looking forward to hearing it, mate. All the best. We wish you well. Keppel, he's a, he's a big gun player in the pick diamond. There's no doubt about that. No worries, buddy. Thanks a lot. And that is all we wrote on a very, very big show, a special edition of the Green Light on Premier Racing podcast as we head to the Pink Diamond Ballarat this Friday night. Stay tuned for the two normal podcasts looking at Sandown and also Premier Racing at the Meadows Saturday night. Until then, safe travelling, happy hunting. Let's go get them.